Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Abdul, and I am one of your co-hosts. And I am your other co-host. My name is Peter, and today we are going to switch gears a little and give back to ourselves and our fellow second years. We know that the first block of the semester is already in full swing, but it's never too late to learn more and get some advice. That is why today we have the pleasure of hosting Dr. Pruitt, one of the co-directors of the HBHD block. Thank you so much for being here. If you would please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do here at UNC. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I work in the psychiatry department. I mostly do outpatient psychiatry. I work with the prison population doing telepsychiatry, and then I see patients um, in the outpatient clinic in Vilcom also, so I just see adult patients. I do a mix of therapy and medication management. Thank you so much, Dr. Pruitt. We are so excited to have you, and to get things started, talk to us about what HBHD stands for and what should students expect to see in this block. I'm especially curious how the block got its name, given that most people I've talked to faculty included, just refer to it as psych or psychiatry. Yes, I have to say that the HBHD, it it doesn't roll off the tongue, and I still will get it confused sometimes. Um, It stands for human behavior and health and disease. So when they were naming the blocks, they wanted the blocks to be named after organ systems and not necessarily a specialty. And so neuro gets the brain. What does psych get? behavior. (laughs) So that's how we came up with HBHD. Um, But I do think it's kind of confusing and not intuitive. And so I think most people sort of refer to it as the psychiatry block. Right. And it makes sense. Like, oh, we're taking psych this year or our first block is psych, not HBHD. Right. That's interesting. What is that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We heard that this block is already quite tailored to um, what is relevant for step one. But could you highlight what you think is the most high yield um, clinically, test-wise, or both, given that this is such a short block? What should students really focus on if they fall behind and have less time to prepare for the assessments? Yeah, I think psychiatry is a really interesting specialty because clinically and then what we're doing for step one are, are not totally aligned. And so for step one, I think it's really important to look at all the qualifiers for the different disorders. So major depressive disorder, how many weeks does it need to be? How many criteria do you need? What about if it's an acute stress disorder versus a um, post-traumatic stress disorder? Where's the cutoff for that? Those things are um, much more critical for the test than they would be clinically. Clinically, we would give the same treatment one way or the other. I think we've seen the theme already that CVT and SSRIs are quite common. And so you don't have to nitpick the different diagnoses as much. But for the tests, you really do need to know them. I would imagine it's very algorithm heavy as well but within the clinic. What do you mean by that? Kind of you start off with a complaint and then you're just kind of going through it almost methodically to kind of get to the different conclusion and which treatment works and what doesn't. Hmm. Gosh. Well, I think there's probably different ways to practice psychiatry. I'm much more, um, I, I want to get to know my patient. I want to know what their struggles are, how it's impacting their functioning, and then what I can do for them. And so I try not to be, I try not to have an algorithm and have my patients fit in it. I try to just have a bunch of knowledge about the medications and 
different treatment modalities and find one that fits best for the patient in front of me. Right. So yeah. if you ask me, like, what's the usual SSRI you start with? It's like, well, I really need to see the patient and mm-hmm. see what they're having, what side effects do I want to mitigate, what things might I like the side effects for, things like that. So definitely more of a tailored approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to lecture, a lot of the lecture material is very definition heavy and seems to be content that a person would better understand with experience. How should students study from the lecture materials and what should they do best to prepare for the homegrown quizzes and the NBME final? Yeah, I think that, again, an emphasis on the definitions of the disorders and then the treatment specific to the disorders will be important for both the homegrown quizzes and for the NBME at the end. A lot of us use third-party resources for different blocks, but we wanted to know how useful are they for this block, especially since we only have one exam and it's an MBME-based. Is there anything that you would recommend? So the UWorld questions are supposed to be very helpful. So we have a TA who's organized all the UWorld questions that are supposed to that are pertinent to this block. I think that's probably one of the most helpful things. The pharmacology can be tricky sometimes. I know people use different different things like Sketchy Farm, um, but I I would promote doing as much question based studying as you could if you're pinched on time. Switching gears a little bit, looking forward into the block schedule. By forward, I mean next week. We see some. Really interesting patient presentations and panels lined up. Could you perhaps give us a sneak peek about these and what we should expect? Yeah, I am so excited about that for next week. And so when we're doing substance use disorders, we are going to have patients come into small groups with their therapists and talk about the patient perspective dealing with a substance use disorder. I specifically remember this during my medical education and it having a really profound impact on the way I think about these patients and the way that I interact with them. Um, Another thing that we're going to have is we are going to have a group led by Dr. Malloy called Physicians in Recovery. And so physicians are not superhumans. We all have problems too, including substance use. And so learning about the resources and the help that you can receive and how physicians have managed it can be very helpful. So we'll we'll learn about that some. We also have a patient who is going to do a patient presentation about his experience with schizoaffective disorder, how this has affected his life, how it's changed relationships, how he has grown himself, and how he manages it now. And then the last panel discussion, I'm really excited about. It is going to be a presentation and a discussion about um, mental health and suicide. So there we'll have a social worker from UNC who also runs groups for the Triangle Survivor of Suicide to talk about what that's like for family and loved ones and and all the emotions that can go into that. We'll also have some primary care doctors who will talk about their experience with mental illness and suicide and a pharmacist, and we're going to have an ethicist too. So I think we'll be looking at it from a lot of different perspectives and really trying to understand that, unfortunately, mental illness and suicide are not something that we just see um, as psychiatrists. It's something that everybody, everybody sees at some point. And so trying to emphasize that and seeing how it can impact others' lives is what we're, what we're hoping to accomplish. Um, I think 
What's cool about some of these panels and discussions also is that, like we were just saying, the test is so based on like this criteria and that criteria, and you can get removed from the patient and their experience. And so this is our our opportunity to really delve into that and feel what the patient's feeling and understand it from a human perspective, not just the DSM perspective where we're looking at, wait a second, it's only two criteria, not three criteria or whatever the definition is. I'll say I'm so excited for those. And I like how it's a lot more, I guess, personal or a lot more more frequent than other blocks. Mm, Some blocks mm-hmm. either had one patient presentation or none. Mm-hmm. And here we have three. Yeah. So we're definitely looking forward to that. I've been trying to emphasize so far in the block the importance of understanding things from the patient's perspective and not like putting your own experience and judgment on the patient. And so I think that's really important and a reason why we want to bring the patients in, right? Because it's easy to say like, oh my gosh, you don't know reality? Well, I don't know that. But to see a real person who's experienced it and now doing so much better makes it more relatable, understandable, and easier to come from a place of empathy when you're working with patients. In your opinion, what do you think students will enjoy engaging with the most in the HBHD block? I think um, the patient interactions will be really good. The ones with people who are struggling with substance use disorder in the small groups, I think will be so nice because it will be a small group. So that will be really intimate. You'll get to um, have a more personalized experience. The therapist will be there too and talk about things they're working on or things you're talking about. Um, But I also think that the mental health, um, the mental illness and suicide panel at the end can be very influential and moving. And so I do want to say that we will have an optional gathering afterwards if anyone feels like they need to debrief because some of this stuff is really, really difficult and can start to hit home. And you mentioned the small group. I noticed that it had interactive next to it. What does that entail? (laughs) That entails y'all being able to talk to the patients. So the patients and the therapists. So you guys are encouraged to to ask the patient questions, to ask the therapist questions, to like um, get in there a little bit more. I love that. And on a more fun note, from being in our shoes and learning HBHD or psychiatry, not too long ago to now teaching this block to other students, how does it feel? And do you have any words of wisdom or plugs for psychiatry? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, We didn't have an HBHD block. I think I'm further from this than you think I am. (laughs) We were squished with neurology. And so it was not the same kind of block with an emphasis on psychiatry. Um, So... If you want to know the truth, I don't even really remember that much about my psychiatry block. I remember a lot about my psychiatry rotation, but the block, you know, it's it's lectures. A lot of these more um, intimate patient experiences, we we didn't have as much of that when I was in medical school. But a plug for psychiatry, I can certainly do because I think psychiatry is stupendous. I think that psychiatry gives you the opportunity to really partner with patients and be with them in things, depending on any, you can be in the psychotic unit or you can be doing um, like weekly therapy with no meds, but you get to be 
so intimately connected with your patients. You get to watch them grow and change. You get to be with them during their struggles, which makes the the times when they're not struggling so much more sweet. And it just feels like such a special privilege to see my patients. Um, On a practical note, it's also generally a good choice lifestyle-wise. And so the work hours are usually not killer. Um, It's emphasized in psychiatry that you should have a good work-life balance because taking care of yourself and your own emotions is a critical part about being a good psychiatrist. So um, so I think it's a lovely career specialty. I think it, if anyone has any like inkling of interest in psychiatry, I highly, highly recommend it. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I think that's the end of our questions for today. But are there any final thoughts or insights that you would like to share with us? Hmm. Could be about our blog or maybe our medical school journey. I think medical school was a very formative time, especially once you start doing rotations. Um, I did not know I wanted to do psychiatry off the bat. It was somewhat of a last-minute decision for me. And so I really encourage people to go into it with an open mind and think about what you like and dislike about each specialty and then think about doing that day in, day out. So something might be super exciting the first two to 10 times you've done it. It may be less exciting when you're on time 500. Now, I can see people saying that about me and my patients too, right? Because they come in, they they're sad, they're complaining. But I personally just love being with people and hearing their stories. And I saw that consistently through all of my rotations. And so that made psychiatry an easy choice for me in the end. So I think um, it's just a a wonderful time where you'll experience so much and grow so much as a person. Dr. Pruitt, this has been incredible. We do not want to take up too much more of your time, and I think we are ending on a pretty good note. Thank you so much for being here and bestowing us with this wealth of knowledge and information, and I hope that will be beneficial and valuable to our peers as we navigate the HBHD slash psychiatry block. <laughs> My name is Abdul. And I'm Peter. And this is the Tar Heel Prescription. Thank you.